can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hannah's just had to pop her blazer back on. Um, spilt water all over <laughs> myself. walked in and spilt water. I had a really bad morning. I bought a coffee and... Came here and didn't bring it with me. Is it in your car? No, it's at home. home. Literally at home. I had like two sips. So I'm drinking studio coffee. Yeah, instant instant coffee. Yeah, Hannah without her coffee. I know. She can't function. (laughs) At least had a couple of sips. But I realised when I got here, I'm like, I'm definitely missing something. Yeah. A large long black with two, three shots. I'm enjoying the smell of that wafting over to me. For those yeah, you're going to get diarrhea from coffee. just smelling it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I said the other day, so fun fact about coming off the pill, my gut is so much better. Really? Since I've come off the pill, yeah. Wow. So there's something to be said about how that impacts your gut health. Mm-hmm. But I said the other day to my boyfriend, I was like, maybe I should try coffee again. And he was like, hmm. Maybe on a day when we're going to be home the whole day. So I might actually give coffee another crack and then document what happens. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. back for a cringy. Yeah. I'm going to get it with soy milk and see if that makes a difference. Because okay. normally I would get, when I used to have coffee, I would have it with skinny milk. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually okay with drinking skinny milk, but we'll see. I'll have it with soy. Anyway, that's so not what this intro is <laughs> going to be about. I don't know how we always get on the tangent of who, who? But we do. So we had a question from our Instagram audience Mm -hmm. that I thought maybe we could address in an intro because it's not really long enough of a chat to have in a whole segment. So the question was, why do we sometimes feel dirty at the end of the day after wearing makeup all day? Mm. And this was a request for the podcast. This person's Mm. obviously listening to the podcast. I totally agree with that. I get to the end of the day and I I just need to get my makeup off. Like I cannot stand being in it. I feel so dirty after wearing makeup all day that I have to have a shower. Yes. Like you can't just take it off. You still feel dirty. I feel a bit yuck because yeah. I've been in here sweating because it's so hot in this studio that we sweat a bit when we're in here and we yep. just feel hot and clammy and all I want to do is just take my makeup off and put my skincare on. I don't know what it is. Why does it make you feel dirty? Well, I feel like it has something to do with the barrier that it creates on your skin. Yeah. So after you've been wearing that all day, it's like if you were walking around all day with like residue of something on your hands, you know it's yes. there and you can still It's like function. your skin knows that it's on there. Yes. And so your skin is like telling your brain that you're yeah. like covered in some sort of thick muck. Yeah. Like do you ever sit on the couch after being, you know, out – or something, you've had makeup on all day and you sit down, you can't relax. Yes, yes. 100%. You cannot relax with your makeup on. It must be because like, I guess if I go out to the supermarket and I'm touching things Mm -hmm. or I'm touching the trolley, I come home and I feel dirty Mm. and I have to immediately wash my hands. Yeah. So maybe it's that kind of feeling that Mm. you've got stuff on your face. And you do have stuff on your face because over the day you've got 
oil buildup, you've got dirt, you've got dust, you've got other kinds of debris, you've got like pollutants that have built up on your skin as well because they cling to that surface. I still feel dirty even with like a sunscreen and I've been out all day. That still feels a bit yeah, dirty. Yeah, same. Yeah, but there's something about makeup. There's something about makeup. That makes you feel yuck. I mean, I can't watch TV with makeup on. Neither. Absolutely. I can't relax. No, I, I, I would not come home from a night out. I don't understand people that go to bed with makeup on. Oh, You'd be like. Do not get me started. I cannot. I'd be like, I would feel filthy. I used to do that all the time as like a late teen. I'd go out. Yeah. And come home, go to bed with makeup on, wake up the next day. And I think at that time I was wearing double wear. So I'd wake up and look exactly the same. It doesn't come <laughs> it off. It does not. I still looked good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I would never sleep in my makeup now. So even more reason to cleanse. But if you are feeling really dirty at the end of the day with makeup on, actually one of my friends always says to me, like, even when I cleanse my face, I still feel dirty. Mm. Like I've got something on my skin. So I said to her, get a balm cleanser yeah. or an oil cleanser, work that in first and then do your second cleanse. Yeah. So you're, you're doing that double cleanse, which I would definitely recommend if you do have the same aversion dirty, to makeup Dirty as feeling. <laughs> anyway, Hannah, what is on today's episode? On today's cringy, you've all sent in your weird food pairings. Can't wait to share those. Then we're chatting to everyone's favorite fragrance expert, Michael Edwards, and of course the products we didn't know we needed. I don't know how this segment came about, but I love it. I've got so many. Are we just going to smash through them all? Because I want to share them all. I think so, I've got yeah. like hundreds of people. So basically the question was, we did a cringy convo call out. What is your favorite weird food pairing? And I said, I'll go first. Mine's sour cream with pancakes. I saw that. It's, no. Okay, can I, can I give you the backstory? So yeah. <laughs> I had a Weight Watchers cookbook. Okay. And there was a recipe in there that was pancakes, weird Weight Watchers, yeah. but pancakes <laughs> with blueberries, mm-hmm. jam and sour cream, light sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> And I think brown sugar. Delicious. Like literally so good. So do you still have those kinds of pancakes or you just have plain sour cream on a pancake? No, no, no. You've got to have it with the blueberry and the jam. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, but still. Because then that offsets the sourness. It's weird to add sour cream on a pancake though, but it tastes so good. Okay. Really recommend those Weight Watchers pancakes. They don't sound very Weight you know Watchery what? though. I want to see you do a reel on Instagram of that recipe if you could. Oh, Mum will have to dig up my old yeah. Weight Watchers cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm looking in the Facebook group because we posted in the group and then you also posted on Instagram. So you're going to be reading them from there. I've got Sandy in the Facebook group saying, I love hummus and pears. Yes, together. weird. Very I've got, weird. I've got blueberries and hummus here. Okay. Disgusting. So we've got a fruit and hummus. This one's really Trend. funny. Peanut butter on one slice of bread in a salad sandwich. It's amazing. What? Yeah. So like salad sandwich, but only one slice okay. has peanut butter. I've That's got weird. peanut butter here. Peanut butter and sliced cheese sandwich or toast. Has to be crunchy peanut butter or sliced cheer style cheese. Weird. No. Honey on top of butter and Vegemite. Ugh. Oh. Like honey and peanut butter I've people. I've seen someone do that That's before. That's so weird. I don't know who it was now. Maddie from YouTube out the Adore YouTube team had said it's a common one, but Macca's chips dipped in soft serve. Yeah, that is a common so one. So weird. Trish said strawberry jam and cheese on crackers. Oh, my god! I can understand it's like that the because. Fruit and cheese. The cheese thing with like a jam, I can understand because it's like quince paste. 
Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Banana and chili oil. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> My boyfriend would eat that. He loves chili oil. <laughs> he has chili oil on everything and I reckon he'd probably put a bit in his banana smoothie. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe. Peanut butter and tomatoes on toast. Ah, oh, that just doesn't so seem like off. it would pair well. No. One packet of two-minute noodles with two eggs to make an omelette. That's actually all right. That sounds like stir fry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually used to add broccoli to my mee goreng two-minute yeah. noodles. Broccolini. Ice cream and peas. Surely that's a joke. Uh, yeah, that has sure. to be. <laughs> Savory on raisin toast. Example, avocado, tomato, sprouts and cheese on raisin toast. Raisin toast, disgusting in any case. Uh, hang on. No. Yes. Raisin toast. I order raisin toast all the time when I go to cafes. Oh. I love raisin. I Do like you not raisin. like hot cross buns? No. Oh, no. you're no. crazy. My friend's dad has minced garlic. You'll never guess on what. <laughs> minced garlic on pancakes? Wheat bix. Oh, what? <laughs> I told you wouldn't guess when, it. I'm sorry, but when do people come up with these? Like, when are you in such desperation that you think, I'm going to put, put minced garlic, garlic on my wheat bix? <laughs> I mean, maybe he was sick and he thought the garlic. Maybe, gar- <laughs> yeah. So oh, I've got a wheat bix one. I've yeah. Wheat bix one. Wheat bix and mayonnaise. Oh, I think the garlic's worse. Salt and vinegar chips with Nutella. Uh, I can kind of understand that because Maltese's in popcorn is quite nice. Oof. Cheesy might spread on crumpets. I think that's quite common. That sounds good. I always have cheese on crumpets. Do you? Yeah. Uh, Vegemite cheese on a crumpet. Oh, uh, no. I'm only a honey on crumpets girl. Soy sauce and chicken nuggets. Oh. <laughs> Pineapple dipped in beer. Random. Uh, again, how do people come up with Ooh, these Oh, another soy sauce. Porridge and soy sauce. <laughs> That's almost as bad as the garlic and wheat mix. I reckon are that- these people being for real or are they just trying to think of the weirdest shit they can think that of? That would remind me of something that you might get for breakfast in Asia, though. Some sort of not porridge, but, you Oh, know. Yeah. 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 Milo on toast with butter. Oh, my God. I've just found the worst one. What? Me goreng. Tuna and melted cheese. <laughs> Are you right? <laughs> I don't know about I could personally eat that myself. Oh, I don't think it's that's the cheese. The tuna, no, it's the tuna for you. It's both. Yeah. Migoreng's like a savoury Asian stir fry. Yeah, true. Like it's cheese and tuna. Yeah, don't know about that one. Dipping almonds in Vegemite. Oh, Oh, this one. Dunk your Jats biscuits in Coke. First time was an accident, but every time after that was just smart thinking. What? What? In Coca-Cola? <laughs> Caitlin, I need an explanation <laughs> on that. <laughs> oh, my God. But Vegemite toast dipped in vanilla yogurt. People I've are, got a yogurt this one is wild. Yep. Doritos with strawberry fruit. Oh, my God. I've got a Doritos one. Nutella. Oh, no, that doesn't sound bad. Nutella on tortillas. That's all right. That would work. I reckon yeah. that's a good one. What do we think of this? Maple syrup and Tabasco as a marinade for pork. <laughs> I already have a real aversion <laughs> so to maple specific. syrup. That's oh, so no. specific. Tuna mayo and baked beans on a baked potato. Tuna mayo. That's something someone would eat. On a baked potato. I'd yeah, have I it without so the tuna on the baked potato. Thinly sliced pink lady apples with sliced block cheese. Oh, 
That kind of makes sense though because you have that pear salad or that yeah, apple salad. true, with parmesan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pizza shapes dipped in Nutella. What's with the Nutella? Like you yeah, can just eat it with a spoon. <laughs> like you don't have you don't to eat it with a mixing medium. <laughs> Someone's got jam and tuna. Oh, mm, that's disgusting. <laughs> jam and tuna. Someone has a full-on recipe here. Okay, she says, "I mean, this is the best sandwich you will ever eat. It's one fresh white bread, two butter, three promite, which I don't even know what that is, but she says it has Pro-mites. to be promite." No other mite spread like is acceptable. Gross Vegemite. Okay. Four, fresh hot chips with chicken salt. Five, Samboy barbecue chips. Has to be Samboy brand. Smooshed together to perfection. Doesn't sound so bad. Did I miss I'm something? not into it. There wasn't anything sweet in there. No. Okay. There wasn't anything sweet, but we've got Promite, <gasps> hot chips, and barbecue chips. The hot chips sounds really good with chicken salt. That's my favourite yes, meal. Yes, but just have them separately. On, oh, Did on they their need own. to be in the sandwich? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> this sounds... Oh. I just think cottage cheese is disgusting. That's another one from the Weight Watchers cookbook. They love cottage cheese. (laughs) (laughs) On pizza. (laughs) So gross. Vegemite and cottage cheese on toast. That's actually not that bad, but I just hate cottage cheese. Yeah. Vanilla ice cream, crushed up cornflakes and sultanas. You'd hate that. Oh, yuck. (laughs) Someone said this is all over TikTok. Coke and milk. Yes, I've seen that on TikTok. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm finished over here, so you can keep going. French salad dressing on watermelon. Does that sound? I don't hate that. Okay. I don't hate that. A hot cinnamon donut dipped in oh. raspberry slushy. Also doesn't sound so bad. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> like you to ruin the cinnamon the donut hot like cinnamon that. Donut. You know how I feel about cinnamon donuts, Hannah. <sighs> well, this is just a story. Once in college, I accidentally put tartar sauce on my fish, but it was actually melted white chocolate. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what you meant. I wouldn't really say tartar. Tartar. Oh, tartar. Ta- sorry. And that's I was like, tartar. tartar sauce. Because I don't eat fish. <laughs> tartar sauce. <laughs> Boyfriend loves strawberries with brie. That sounds pretty normal. Yeah. Gravy on lettuce. No. Oof. Gravy on anything else but lettuce. Red aeroplane jelly with condensed milk. That doesn't sound that strange to me. Orange juice on vanilla ice cream. Hey. <laughs> right. Here's another. This doesn't sound so bad. I don't eat tuna though. Canned tuna, sliced red onion, craft single cheese slice in a toasted sandwich. That sounds good. What's that does, that? <laughs> sounds... <laughs> Honey and Vegemite on rice thins. Oh, honey and Vegemite. Yeah, we had another honey and Vegemite. But on rice before. thins? I love rice thins. <laughs> Someone said sour cream on pancakes is a thing, especially potato pancakes with mushroom sauce. Uh, yeah, that's definitely not the vibe you were going for. No, with like all the. We've got another Nutella and pizza shapes. That is the weirdest combo. I just you're really ruining don't know both good. They're both about. really yeah. good on their own. You don't need to ruin them by putting yeah. them together. But you know what? Each to your own. Chicken twisties in a roll with butter. I've heard of that one. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people put chips in a bread roll. This is weird. A piece of extra spearmint gum and a cappuccino. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess chewing, chewing spearmint gum as you sip a cappuccino. Wouldn't that ruin it? The taste of the coffee? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely yeah, would. Okay. Gum or mints with coffee. Yeah. It tastes really you weird. Have it afterwards. That's the point of them. <laughs> Dumplings and sour cream or plain yogurt. 
Oh, no. Dip your dumplings in no, your yogurt. No. <laughs> this is for me, this one. Mac and cheese with tomato sauce. That just ruins the mac and cheese. Would you have that? No. I Absolutely have it. not. Disgusting. Okay. I think both of us from this exercise have discovered that we're quite basic eaters and in no way are we experimental. Except if Weight pairings. Watchers came up with yeah. the, the recipe. It's not bad for Weight Watchers. They did have good recipes except <laughs> the cottage cheese. Well, I really would like you to do some uh, recipes. Recipes from that, from that book. It sounds do you great. know how old it is? Each recipe has the points when they used to do a point system. I don't know uh, if they still do. Yeah, I don't know if they do. It's called mm. WW now. So WW. Yeah. Why is that? Because we're not allowed to talk about weight. I don't watching. know. Oh, I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> I'm not in with their marketing team. This isn't a sponsored episode. <laughs> so the last time we had today's guest on this podcast, our audience absolutely loved their soothing voice and wealth of knowledge, I might add. So... We'd recommend for those that missed our first chat with this guest to jump back to episode 39 as Michael Edwards does delve further into his fragrance wheel in more depth. But today we're going to be talking about fragrance trends, signature scents and analysing fragrances from an expert's lens. Welcome back to the podcast, Michael Edwards. Thank you. I must say, I'm also a fan of The Voice. As soon as you joined this, <laughs> this chat, I was like, Thank there you. it is. <laughs> to be complimented so early in the morning. Thank you. Now, you've had a long-spanning career as the fragrance expert. In fact, Evelyn Lauder dubbed you as the fragrance expert's expert, which is quite the compliment. So we'd love to know how the industry has evolved over your career and what's the most significant change you've observed over that time? Intriguing question. I'd, I'd have to start by saying in 1983, when I first put together my guidebook, there were 29 new fragrances. Mm-hmm. Last year, over 2,400. So, so that's the biggest change, an wow. explosion in new fragrances. Yeah. Secondly, how have things changed? 1984 strikes me as a pivotal year. That was the year that a fragrance called Antonio Flowers was introduced. It was the first of the headspace technology. Today, this is the norm. But back then, this was a revolution. What I mean by headspace is that when one extracts, distills the oil from flowers, the angels take their share and what you get out is not really exactly the kind of scent you get as if you smell the flowers in the garden. Well, New technology came about. Imagine if you would that I had a big glass ball and it was a vacuum and on one side I I had a little pipe that fed some neutral gas into it. On the other side, another pipe that pulled that gas. And in that ball, I put a flower. The scent continued to emit, but I drew the scent out. And that was a way that allowed me to analyze the living flower scent. And we discovered that there were so many different chemicals that nature had put together to create the scent that we hadn't picked up. Once we could identify them, we could clone them, and that was the launch of a whole new revolution in making perfumes. Antonio's flowers, long gone, probably never heard of it, <laughs> was the very first in 1984. So the explosion in fragrance, headspace technology, the third one for me would be Elizabeth Taylor's Passion, 1987. The success was unparalleled, unexpected. It was a phenomenon. Within 10 years after Passion's launch, no less than 55 new celebrity fragrances had launched. 
Within 20 years, we'd passed 240. And I have to tell you, you may think that celebrities are over and done with, forget it. <laughs> Nowadays, what we've seen is an explosion in influencer perfumes, which, in a, well, let's face it, if you have a million followers, quite naturally, why not try for a fragrance? Yeah. So that's the next trend. So the explosion of fragrances, the headspace technology, the rise in celebrity fragrances. And then in the 1990s, one of the major changes in the way we smell gourmand fragrances mm. with Angel, Flower Bomb, La Vie Belle. They've changed the scenery of perfumery. I've left until last probably the biggest change of all, the rise of niche perfumes. Nish started in the 1970s. Diptyque, Penhelicans, the revival of an old house, L'Artisan Parfuma. But nobody, they all ignored them. These were tiny little brands in Paris. Unless you were a connoisseur or a journalist, you probably wouldn't have even heard of it. In the 1980s, 18 new Nish houses appeared. In the 1990s, 19, still very tiny. Well, suddenly it exploded in the noughties, where in the first 10 years from 2000, 2009, we saw over 600 new niche brands. Mm. And then in the last 10 years, over one and a half thousand new, not perfumes, but niche brands on that. Niche has transformed perfume. It's brought it back to luxury. But to put it in context, niche is not new. If you look at the fragrances, at the turn of the last century, the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, by definition, most of them were niche. They were created for a, a market where men and women who adored fragrance were connoisseurs, who were looking for something quite different, were willing to pay a price. They were in very limited distribution back at that time. It wasn't until the 50s that really perfume opened up and became what we call parfum bourgeoisie, which means that not a mass market, but a lot more people started to use it. But originally, at the first half of the last century, perfume was niche. We're back to niche now. Mm -hmm. We're back to the era of luxury, and that's the best thing. The problem, of course, is that everybody hopes that an Estee Lauder or a Putsch will buy them. And, and that's why they come on in with all these new fragrances. At the same time, I'm not altogether convinced that many of the new fragrances are worth the price they're charging. Mm. Naturally, if you feel that people are willing to pay money, you're going to try it. But you have to deliver the goods, and we don't always see those goods being delivered. Mm -hmm. So in summary, that would be, I think, the five key things that I've looked at. Mm -hmm. The explosion in new fragrances, the headspace technology, the launch of celebrity fragrances, uh, gourmand perfumes ever since Angel, and finally the niche. Does that sum it up adequately? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very interesting insights. Yeah. With something as timeless as fragrance, do you think this space is influenced by trends? We've noticed woody fragrances with notes of tobacco and leather seem to have gained more popularity in more recent years. Well, firstly, I don't believe in trends because when you boil it down, most trends are simply an enormously successful new fragrance and everybody else pelting like hell to try to imitate them. <laughs> and then a new success comes along and you've got a new trend. But having said that, yes, it's rather like the chefs. Uh, a new dish appears, suddenly we see variations on it. The perfumers talk to each other, they look, they listen. 
I asked Clayton, my colleague, what did he pick up? He said, for example, cherry. Uh, I wonder if you remember uh, Lost Cherry from Tom Ford in 2018, then followed Cherry Smoke in 2022 and Electric Cherry in 2023. Mm -hmm. You don't stock those, but you, for example, have Kayali. And what about Love Fest Burning Cherry? So Cherry is certainly a name of that one. Another example are wood notes that you've picked up. For example, have you smelled Givenchy's, the La Collection Particulaire? They have one called Faux Semblant. It's a marvelous new woody fragrance. Woody because it's no longer hit me over the head, Woody. It's very sheer, almost light, and yet it's got a pervasive note to it there. Uh, we found another one, for example, a new brand, Judith Paris, a fragrance called Col Ronde rounded and here you've got a woody white flower but again not hit me over the head with a heavy white flower note but a very sheer almost icy super note so yes woody fragrances are certainly a dominant trend but very light sheer ones so to that extent yes there is a trend but it's largely a trend influenced by the brand developers and the perfumers who see something interesting coming along And we were recently discussing in the office how our own fragrance tastes have changed so much over the years. Like sometimes you'll smell that fragrance that you wore five years ago and you can't believe that that was your signature scent once (laughs) upon a time. I'd love your professional opinion on why our preferred fragrances change as we age. Have you experienced this yourself? I'm not convinced they actually do. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I wonder if you thought that the fragrance you wore 15 years ago, that the formula might have changed. It was fantasy by Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, you know, one grows up, one's taste change. (laughs) But if one looks back to how you developed the taste for the fragrances you had... I guess when you were a kid, when you were a teenager, you were in love with the celebrity fragrances. They were glitz, they were great. And then you loved the early designer fragrances of Versace and Gucci there. Maybe in your mid-twenties, that was the first time that a fragrance really hit you. How did you discover it? Maybe you smelt it on somebody, maybe you tried it in a store. So often it's accidental, but by luck you found a new fragrance and it became part of the treasures. If you're lucky, before you turn 30, maybe you discovered another one. But so often, it's only in your 30s that you discover another fragrance that hits you like that. Why does it hit you? Who knows? That's the magic of perfume. But when it does, it becomes part of your memory. And when you're very old, you're not even near that one. But when you're very old, those are the perfumes that will bring back all the memories of your life. So I'm not totally convinced that the fragrances that you tried 15 years ago, you smell and you say, my God. Yeah, I know your taste may have changed, but just as likely the formula has changed and what what initially attracted you is no longer there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love that fragrance reminds me of things because I've got a terrible memory, but fragrances can bring back like the most refined memories I've got. (laughs) It's very true. So for those who haven't heard Michael explain his fragrance, we'll refer back to episode 39. But Michael, can you tell us how the average consumer or fragrance enthusiast can utilize your fragrance wheel to analyze the scents in their collection? Yes, of course, but I think I can make it a lot simpler. We developed the fragrance wheel as a way of explaining how one fragrance family 
evolves into another. Most people have an idea that there are fragrance families, but frankly, it's not important to them. You know, it's a little bit of information, but nothing that they think really matters to them. In fact, it actually does. Because if you ask people for the names of their favorite perfumes, if you can get three or four or five names, what you'll discover, almost invariably, is that at least two of them fall into one of the fragrance families. If I were to simplify the families, I'd come down to four basic families, the florals, the amber notes, the woody notes, and the fresh notes, like green or citrus fragrances. And so when you're starting to look at new fragrances to try, the key thing, I think, is to try to discover which family most suits you. Now, if you're new to this, the only way to try is just to do a little bit of research. There's no shortcut to this. For example, three years ago, colleagues and I introduced a marvellous play with fragrance encyclopedia called Wiki Parfum. That's spelled W-I-K-I-P-A-R-F-U-M dot com. Go on that and play around. Put in the fragrances you love. See what notes come up. Out of that, you'll determine which family probably holds the best appeal for you. And that's where you get started. Bear in mind that we have no common language in fragrance. And that's why the wheel is useful. The brands don't help because they all describe their fragrances quite differently. So this is why it's so difficult to sell perfumes. Because if you're confronted by somebody who says, I like this, what else will I like? You can't really use the information from the brands because they're using different words to describe their fragrances. And when it comes to analysing fragrance for the first time, you're the expert's expert, as we've discovered. What are you looking for in that first sniff when you smell a fragrance for the first time? If it's a fresh fragrance, I try not to look for anything because we don't classify on the top notes. We classify on the dry down, the base notes, the notes of the perfume that emerge after it's been on your skin for half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half. Why? Because that's the essence that you remember. And that's why we classify on the essences that you remember the dry down. My own way is that I smell the fragrance, usually on a stick, a paper mouillette, and I usually instinctively come up with a judgment. I say, ah, that's a floral amber note with a white flower touch to it, or it's a woody note. Now, why do I do that? Because I believe one has to trust one's instincts. Instinctively, when you've been working with perfume, you know it's a woody, you know it's an amber, you know it's a citrus note, mostly. Do I make mistakes? Yes, of course. And smell them probably the next day. Mostly that confirms my initial judgment. Sometimes it doesn't, and I've changed my mind. Ah, what started as a floral, it ended up as an amber note, for example. We'll then check with the perfumers or the brands again to say, this is the perception we've got. Are you comfortable with it? If they are, great. We classify, put it in the database. If they're not, we continue talking. And that's how we work. So when we're looking to buy a new fragrance, how do we decide on whether it's right for us? Should we wear it all day before making a decision? Is there somewhere in particular we should spray? There's no shortcut. If you enjoy something, one has to be prepared to spend some time figuring out which ones you're likely to ensure. So there needs to be some homework. I think you need to go onto the fragrance finder that you have on the site, put in the favourite perfumes that you've had or the ones that you thought you liked. See what others are similar to them. And put together a listing of maybe three or four fragrances, not too many. I think then you ought to look at Wiki Parfum 
and put those frequencies into Wikipartham and learn about them. Have a look at the notes. Is there a common note? Do you like a woody note? Is there a particular woody note that you like? Do you like a fragrance that is sheer or a fragrance that really hits you over the head? What are you looking for? And then when you're terribly relaxed and you're feeling very fresh and comfortable, smell them because you've got to try them. Spray no more than three. I usually recommend just two. One on each wrist. Why each wrist? Because that's if you look at your wrist, you'll see you've got veins there. And that's where the blood is closest to your skin. So there's a best chance for the fragrance to lift off. Just leave it for the day, for the night. Does it talk to you? If it's nice, but it doesn't talk to you, try again with another fragrance. And that, I think, is the best way to start. Some good tips there. Are there any modern fragrance releases you've discovered recently that really stood out to you? Obviously, there's a lot more hitting the market than there used to be. Well, yes. I mentioned the Givenchy one, which I thought was a marvellously new sheer woody note. Mm. Are you familiar with Goldfield and Banks? Yes. I think Dimitri's he's got some great stuff. His latest one is called Pacific Islands. Mm -hmm. And he was inspired by the spices of the Pacific Islands, but he also crafted it with a sandalwood sourced from the Pacific Islands. It's an example for me of a new woody trend, and I think it's worthwhile looking at. That was one that really struck me when it came across the desk. I'll have to smell that one, I think. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. We're very privileged to have you in our presence. It's been a real pleasure. Product we didn't know we needed. What is yours today, Hannah? So I bought this. Did you? Yes. It is the Who is Elijah? His Her? So I was actually, uh, what's the word? Influenced. Influenced. Mm -hmm. There was like a dupe article about how this is a dupe for like a really, really expensive Mm -hmm. fragrance. And I don't know what that fragrance really smells like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you smelt that one? No. Oh, so I wasn't really sure. I thought I'll just buy the 10 mil. The Who Is Elijah stuff comes, you can buy like different sets with the 10 mil fragrances. Yeah. And I really like the His Her one. I think this is probably a hot man smell. Yeah. Have you smelled it? It's very gender neutral. It's really hot man smelly. I actually really like it. And what I like about the little ones, I got the little ones so I could put it in my bag because I never remember to put fragrance on. Mm-hmm. So I thought if I get a 10 mil and always have it in my handbag, I I'll actually too. remember to use it because I ne- it just sits on my thing, never gets used. But I find the small fragrances get used more than the big fragrances. Mm-hmm. I always forget to put it on before Same. I leave the house and then I get in the car and I'm like, oh. <sighs> Yeah, so I always have a little vial of something, but those are the perfect size. Juliet has a gun, have the same size vials as that available. I think the 10 mils are really good. I mean, yeah. you go through it. Who is Elijah I like? Because you can buy like a whole thing of them and you just have like yeah. three different 10 mils that you can use on different days. So it's sweet, balances sweet, spicy and fresh. It's got the slightest echo of salt water. Soft florals and fern needle add a touch of fresh greenery. That's what it does have. It has like a touch of that freshness. Yeah. Musky base notes. I would call it definitely sensual. I really like it. Yeah. Same. Everyone's talking about this fragrance. Really Everyone's nice talking fragrance. about it. He's her. I just, I was so influenced by Instagram. Like I'm not generally that influenced, but I really yeah. was in this case. It is. They've got some very nice fragrances. I wear nightcap, which I really like. Yes. That's hot man as well. Yeah. I would say edges towards hot man. Also, the Who Is Elijah fragrances are on the more affordable side. So 100 mils, 159. Yeah. And they do 50 mil as well. So I feel like it's a much more 
affordable price mm. range as well. Yeah. For the quality. What's yours? Mine today is the Bioderma Sensibio Defensive Serum. I've spoken about the moisturizer version of this yes. in a previous episode. And I love the micellar water version. Yes. yes. So this is an excellent serum for more sensitized, sensitive, reactive skins. I've actually just done a YouTube video on my favorite sensitive skin serum. So if you want to go and watch that, it should be on our YouTube channel by the time this episode comes out. But it's just a really soothing, like, you know, if your skin's just not cooperating, mm-hmm. it's one of those serums that you would use then. So I would use this in place of something like Laura Spazay Telerian Dermalogo, for example. Mm-hmm. So on that same vein, Cicaplast B5 Serum by Laura Spazay, again, like all kind of in the same spectrum. So if you already own those, I wouldn't say that you need this, but if you don't own one of those and you're looking for something that is for reactive, sensitive, uncooperative skins and you often overdo it with the actives, like this me. is a good option. Yeah. So the texture is really nice. It's quite thin, layers well with other products. I'm going to show you. Ooh. Got a little noise, a little <laughs> ASMR. So it's quite thin. Yep. So it just blends into your skin straight away. Nice. It's not heavy. I love bioderma. And then you can pop like a nice rich moisturizer over the top if you are reacting to something. But yes, I also love bioderma. So that's my product I know I needed today. So I've got another product <laughs> to, yes, to round the share. episode up. Oh, I've got to find the brand name because... <laughs> I bought it on Amazon and people keep asking me, what's that thing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, when you buy stuff on people, sleep mask. Can you go into your Amazon account and look at your past orders? This should be them. Yep. Okay. La Vince. (laughs) La Vince. Vince, like Vince. La Vince. Like Vince Colossal. Yes. The La Vince sleep headphones, Bluetooth headband. (laughs) <laughs> so they are $30, $29.99 on amazon.com.au. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not, like I wouldn't call them great quality, but they're only $30. So basically how they work is you click this on. Okay. It just looks like a black headband to me right now. Can you feel the little headphone okay. in there? Oh, yep. 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 So it's really hard to sleep with headphones in your ears. Yes. As, you, as everyone knows, I is. sleep with sound, but I have a boyfriend now after many years of sleeping alone. Mm. So now I have to compromise and I can't mm. just have full blast iPad. Yes. But I'm going to show you them. Does he sleep with TV on? No. He okay. listens to a podcast just before bed and then takes the headphone right. out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you put it over your eyes. Oh, no, you don't. So the sound comes out of these little, Ah. they're just little flat speakers that go here and you just turn it on and off here and then it connects, it automatically connects to your iPad and you can start playing stuff. And you just listen to that all night. Yeah. So because it's flat, doesn't hurt like headphones do. So you can have both in. Yeah. So if you have trouble sleeping, I had so many people message me about it. Like, oh, my God, that's me. Like I, they might not sleep all night, but they go to sleep to a podcast or they go to sleep to something. Does it affect your hair at all? No. What do I care about my hair? I just wasn't sure if it would like make it a bit sweaty or. No. No? I mean, the only thing I'll say is this thing sometimes pops out, but I just pop okay. it back in. And can you wash it or you can't really? 
It's electronics. I okay. highly doubt it. But you can't remove them to wash. No, it's okay. all sewn in. Yeah, right. Everything's like sewn in here. Okay, so well, you might no... need to buy a new one at some point. Yeah, for thirty dollars though, I'd yeah. be. Ha- I said to myself, for thirty dollars, I'd be happy to get six months. Yeah, it's not noise cancelling. Like yeah. you can sort of hear it a little bit. Another friend said to me her trick was she puts her iPhone under her pillow, which acts as like a speaker. Ah, but you can buy. Uh, pillow speakers that you put okay. under your pillow and then yeah. you can hear it uh-huh. through the pillow and the person next to you can't hear it. So that's okay. going to be my next purchase when these die yeah. or get too dirty. Yeah, there is something really annoying about your AirPods because I want to oh, have noise so cancelling on sometimes. Like there's noise around you or there's like construction or something. You want to be able to put them in. But then I go to sleep on my side or on my tummy can't. and I can't. You can't so sleep on my those. back. Yeah. No, you can only put one in. Mm-hmm. And then I've had situations where they've fallen out and mm-hmm. I freak out because you can't find them in yeah. the bed. They've yeah. gone. So these are a much better price point Great for that. Great. Well, thank you for that, Hannah. We'll uh, link that in the episode notes. Levince. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.